All right, so let's get into this. Proverbs 23, 7. Let's get into the word tonight. All right, let's, let's read. For as he thinks within himself, so he is. He says to you, eat and drink, but his heart is not with you. All right. For as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. I want to think about, talk about that for a second. As we think in our heart, as we understand in our heart, so are we. This is a profound scripture. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. This is something I want you to write down here, taking notes right off the right off the top, because this is something that we need to remember here. We must tell ourselves every day that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. I want you to first get that principle into your disciplines. All right. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You can tell me all day long about yourself. But the truth is, what you truly think about yourself is found in your heart. A lot of people like to false advertise with the words that we use. But what you truly feel about yourself is going to be found in your heart. The deepest part of who you are. And this is really, really important. Because I'm talking to people who are believers tonight. And one of the things that we have to understand is it is so imperative to declare over our lives what God is telling us about us. You cannot afford, watch this, you cannot afford to think thoughts about yourself God is not thinking. You cannot afford to think thoughts about you God is not thinking. Some of you have this image of God that is inaccurate. It's not the Father that Jesus reveals why do you think Jesus was so persecuted in Scripture? He shows up, and it wasn't sinners that persecuted him. It was the church. It was the church. I've been preaching a while now. There's been, I remember one time we were somewhere down Detroit, somewhere. I don't remember where the church was. And I was preaching on the grace of God. This was years ago. This is where grace got popular. I love all these guys jumping on the bandwagon now after all of us have been stabbed to death for years. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, I'm glad that it's evolving. I'm glad that it's getting to where it needs to be. But when God gave me a revelation of grace, it wasn't popular at the moment. And the truth is there was a lot of persecution. And I understand why Paul said if I'm preaching circumcision, then why am I persecuted? In other words, circumcision is something of the law. In other words, he's saying if I was preaching the law, then why am I persecuted? I'm persecuted because I'm preaching grace. It's amazing. It is so amazing to me that people will take secure slavery over scary freedom. They feel more comfortable in slavery under the law than they do in grace and in new covenant and all the things that Christ died to give us. Now, this is a hard pill to swallow for most of the church because we've been taught through church all of our upbringing that we have to earn righteousness, that we have to earn holiness, that we have to work for these things, that that is the byproduct of our effort and not our faith. And this is just not the gospel. There's nowhere in the New Testament that that has ever been taught. Everything that we know about us being righteous is us putting faith in Christ Jesus. 
what he did for us at the cross. He became sin. Your worst nightmare of who you think you could become. Jesus became that condition on the cross and released to us his righteous condition. This is the gospel. We do not earn it. You was born into sin and it had nothing to do with you. Why is it so hard for you to believe you can be righteous and it has nothing to do with you? Think about it. You had nothing to do with you being born into a fallen nature. Now that Christ, the last Adam, came, now we are now we are living with a righteous nature. Most see, this is the thing that Christians need to understand. Once you accept Christ in your life, at that point, you are no longer fighting sin. Your fight is faith. It's about believing who God has called you to be. It's really allowing his thoughts to become your thoughts. If you believe you are a sinner, you are going to sin by faith. Y'all with me tonight? But if you believe you're the righteousness of God in Christ, you're going to start walking that out. Now the truth is, you can declare a thing one day, it doesn't mean that you believe it the next day. Come on, stay with me here. You can declare a thing one day. It doesn't mean you believe it the next day. I believe that you have to continually declare over your life the condition that Christ is calling you. Over and over and over. And sometimes it's hard when you just come off a failure. But that's where the love of God comes in. That's where the grace of God comes in. I love that in in my book, one of the things I talk about, speaking of books, um, one of the things I bring out in the book is that When Jesus dies on the cross, he doesn't say, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He says, forgive them. In the Greek, it says they know not what they're doing. In other words, while they're doing it, he is still offering forgiveness. This is the beauty of grace. This is the beauty of righteousness. Now, some people will say, well, it sounds like you give me permission to sin. That's not what we're teaching at all. That's not what you teach at all. The Bible says that the grace of God teaches us to do what? To deny ungodliness. It's the grace of God that teaches you to deny ungodliness. If I can finally get to somebody that they are the righteousness of God in Christ, eventually they're going to start believing it. And the more they believe it, the more they're going to walk it out. But if you're walking around feeling like you're never accepted, like you're always working, and you're never achieving the things that you want to achieve, you're going to just at one point, you're just going to say, screw it, I'm going to do me. But if you know that you're already accepted and you're already his beloved, you're going to stop working for acceptance. You're going to start taking this relationship to another level. Amen, somebody. This is hard for some people because some people think they're mature. Their church attendance or giving. Everything is, everything is, uh, everything that they're doing is fueled by their fear that if they don't do it, God's going to reject them. That's not the gospel. The Gospels, he came to us first. It's good teaching. And we have to change what we think about ourselves. Everybody just say this. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Come on, say it again. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen, somebody. We will always manifest what we believe about ourselves. As a man thinks in his heart, he is. You will always manifest what you believe about yourself. 
Not just what you tell yourself, but what you truly believe about yourself. See, once you declare a thing, why is it declare, why is declaring a thing so powerful? It's not a magic spell that you use, but when you start declaring a thing and faith is attached to it, it is like a prophetic word over your life that, like a magnet, draws you into that reality. A prophetic word doesn't just describe your future, it pulls you into it. That's the power of a prophetic word. It doesn't just tell you what's to come. It's like a magnet pulling you into that reality. You need to learn to speak over yourself. We just got off the thing about encouraging yourself. It's a prophetic way of declaring things over yourself. And you're drawing yourself into that reality. I was at the gym. I'm trying to get back into shape the way I want to. And, uh, man, the COVID thing, man, them couple years. Listen, I, that, that killed me. I, why you, that was a hard laugh. It was a genuine laugh, too. It came out uncontrolled, no governor on it. Listen, ain't nobody asked for no amen over here in the first two sections. Listen, that them first two years of COVID, listen, while the world was shut down, me and Shawnee was ordering wings and pizza. <laughs> listen, I, I was like, well, we, the world's going, we're all going to die anyway. I got to at least get some wings. I don't know what's happening. I'm not going to die without Jets wings. And so, anyway, I'm trying to get back in shape, shape. And I was at the gym the other day, and I said to myself, I got there, I took my supplements, I, I did everything that I usually do when I was working out the way that I used to work out. And I got there, I got on the bench, and I laid down on that bench, and I got one set in, and I was like, man, I don't feel like doing this. And I got up and went back to the locker, put in my code, grabbed my wallet and my keys, and I walked back out, and I was like, man, I ain't got nothing to do for three hours. What, what am, why don't I just use this time to work out? I was like, nah, I don't want, I'm literally talking to myself. And I said, you know what? Mm-mm. No, went right back, and I already got, because now I got the energy, because I took the C4, so I'm like, I, I was like, no, no, man, forget this. Mind over matter. I had to literally tell myself you came here for a purpose and gas is higher than anything right now i said i done drove all the way out here i done took all the stuff i prepared myself i get out here it's time to put the work in and i'm trying to talk myself out of it because discipline is never convenient it's never convenient and so here I am, I'm sitting here and I'm like, man, doggone. So I, I went back in that bench and, and after I got through the, the, the talk and the chat with myself, I got through the first two sets. And next thing I know, man, it, it was easy. Turned into an hour and a half workout. And I was leaving. I felt fine. I felt good about myself. And the next day was a little easier. What my point is, is that sometimes you have to declare a thing over yourself. And listen, I had to, I had to quit making excuses. And I had to just say, listen, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. I'm going to declare this, and then I'm going to do it. It's the same thing with your spiritual life. You have to speak over yourself. I promise you that the highest moments of temptations in your life, I promise you they come when you are silent about what God is calling you to be. Promise you that your temptations will get smaller and smaller and less and less if your free time is filled with declaration. Woo-wee. That's good. Declare a thing over your life. 
Can you say amen? Go to Genesis 32, 24 here. 32, 24 through 30. Um, something I want to bring out here. Genesis 32, 24 through 30. In scripture, how many know that nowadays when babies are born, we just kind of name babies whatever we want to name them? Yeah. You know, it's if you, you think a name is cute or it sounds good off the tongue or, you know, there's some crazy names out there. But um, whatever that individual thinks, we just kind of name them. In scripture, it wasn't like that. They would name based off natures. And it was a prophetic declaration. Before Jesus was ever born, the angel came and said, call him this. Yeah. Yeah, why? Because he's Emmanuel, God with us. Yeah. This is what I want you to declare him at because it's reflective of his nature. In scripture, names was a big thing. There's all kinds of scriptures to where uh, somebody was named something based off of. We just went through a thing about a month ago where I was preaching on Leah and talking about the names of each son and how she named these sons based off of this, this crazy situation that she had going on in her life, right? So this is something I want to get into. Genesis 32, we're going to read 24 through 30. Let's, let's read. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched the socket of his thigh. So the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? There's something so significant just to hear. Everybody understand the story of Jacob. We all heard the story of Jacob. It really in the Hebrew simply means the deceiver or the heel catcher. The reason why it's called the heel catcher is because he was born twins. And so you have Esau and Jacob who was twins, which is amazing to me how you got to watch out for false doctrine uh, in, in this day because there's teaching going around that Jacob was uh, of African descent and Esau was of European descent. They was twins. Uh, I don't know how that happens. Um, but they was twins, and so what happens is uh, they was both Hebrew, and so we have he called the heel catcher. Why? Because he was born second, right? Which is why him stealing the firstborn blessing was such a problem, because it really it, firstborn blessing was supposed to go to Esau, but he stole it, and so it went to Jacob. Now this is what's happening now. Jacob not only was his name heel catcher, but it was also deceiver. And so he was known as a deceiver because not of just the name, but because of what he did in his life. It's funny to me, though, that the name means deceiver. And as he began to grow up in life, he began to be a deceiver. It's funny that we typically walk out what we call ourselves. Y'all catch this. I'm telling you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm trying to break this this mindset in some of us that think that we are failures. You know, failure is an event. It's not a person. Come on, somebody. It's an event. It's not a person. You failed. You messed up. You did something stupid. It's done. It's over with. Get up. Renew your mind and start walking in the plan of God. Don't worry about what people think. You could live a perfect life and make no mistakes and still have enemies. Come on now. Don't worry about that. Follow the plan of God. That's where the renewed mind comes in. And so here's Jacob walking out a deceptive life. 
But they've been calling him a deceiver his whole life. What do you think he's going to walk out? That's all he knows by nature. That's all he understands by nature. You call me a deceiver, I'm walking out a deceiver. You call me a failure, I'm going to walk out failures. You start calling yourself what other people call you. It's imperative to take control of your own destiny and start naming yourself after what God is calling you. Feels hard in here tonight, but I'm going to teach this thing. Because we have to get this. Again, you are what? The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You don't feel like it. doesn't matter. Faith has nothing to do with your feelings. Faith has nothing to do with your feelings. You need to learn to declare a thing even when you feel terrible about yourself on that day. Get up and declare it. Declare it, declare it, declare it. Fill your mind with who God says you are. What does God say about you? And then fill your mind with that. So here's Jacob. Watch this. He's wrestling with an angel here. I've heard theologians say it's, it's an angel. I've heard them say it's Christ. I've heard them say it's God. Whatever it is, it's a spiritual being that represents heaven. And here he is wrestling. And this is something that's funny. The wrestling starts in the dark. I want you to catch that. Y'all thinking tonight? Notice that the wrestling match starts in the dark, and then even during the daytime, he continues wrestling. Even after the angel dislocates his hip, this man would not let go of God. He said, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. Until you bless me. Let's, Let's finish this. Watch this. Pick up where you left off. Watch. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Isn't this funny that the in the middle of the fight... The conversation that comes up is, what's your name? I've never in my life, anybody ever been in a real fight? Don't lift your hand, Shawnee. Come on, lift your hand. Anybody ever been in a real fight? I mean, where you scrapping? Don't do not pick up your hands. I, I know you got beat up. My wife told me about a story where she got her butt kicked. She did. She was making fun of somebody and they beat her up. She was a kid. It's all right. You ever been in a real fight? Have you ever, in the middle of a scrap, asked that person what their name is? What's your name? (laughs) They call me Chuck. I'm Chuck. Like, nobody asked that. How are you in the middle of a scrap and you're going to ask, like, what is the issue here? Like, why are you not letting me go? What's your name? I'm Jacob. I'm a deceiver, which, which leads me to this question. Why are they fighting? Why is Jacob taking pain in a fight that he cannot win? He will not let go of this. Why, though? Look, let's read. Watch. He said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. This is the thing that Jacob was fighting for. Passage says that he won't, I'm not going to let him go until he blesses me. But what is the blessing here? The blessing isn't just a new name. It's a new identity. Jacob was wrestling with God and he ain't letting go until he sees himself different. That's good. That's what he's fighting for. 
It had nothing to do with the land and the favor and all of this stuff. He was not letting God go until God showed him how he sees him. In this wrestling match, in order to get this new name, this new identity, sometimes you have to start in the dark and sometimes you're going to end up still fighting in the light. Everybody's going to see your struggle. But while everybody's judging you in the light, while you're, while you're still doing all this and fighting and going through what you're going through, you got to know that out of that comes a new identity. Man. Pastor Gail. It's learning who you really are, the fight that you're in, the war that you're in right now. Come on, somebody. I wrote this down. The war that you're in isn't designed to defeat you. It's designed to rename you. What you're going through right now, listen, the purpose of it isn't so you can experience defeat. It's so that you can experience the real you. The old saying is you never know a person until you fight them. <coughs> you don't know you until you've been in a battle. You don't know what you're made of. You, I mean, you declaring and you're doing all this stuff and shouting and speaking in tongues and running around the church and all this stuff. You don't know you until you're in a battle. And what is the purpose of the battle? So that God can get Israel to a Jacob. So that he can say from this moment on, you have fought, you have strived with God. You're no longer Jacob. Quit calling yourself this deceptive nature. Quit associating yourself with the failures of your past. Man, this is a good teaching tonight. Quit, quit talking to yourself like, 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 like I'm the failure and I, and, and, and I got all these things that's working against me. You need to get up in the mornings and start encouraging yourself. Listen, I'm no longer Jacob. I'm Israel now. I put in the time. I put in the fight. I put in the work. This is who God has called me to be. And from this moment on, I'm Israel. I'm Israel. Woo. You have to convince yourself of it. And I promise you, listen, the people in your corner that love you, it's going to take some time for them to see Israel in you. And you cannot let that, you cannot let that get you down. You cannot let that get you down. It's very hard for people to see the change in us when they've not put in the fight to change themselves. That's where, that's where judgment minds come from. They've not put in the work themselves, so they don't understand the fight. They don't understand what it took for you to develop and get to the place of where you are. They can't understand vision because they're not walking in vision. They can't understand new identity because they're not walking in new identity. But when you make that change, when you d- decide, listen, I'm making these steps. I'm wrestling, not with man, but with God. I believe that God calls us to a divine wrestling match at some point in our life. With him. I believe that God calls us to a, a moment to where he wants us to get in the ring. And he wants to show us exactly what he put in us. I love it. He injured Jacob, but released Israel. Quit associating yourself with your failures. It won't just ruin your day, it'll ruin your life. The way you think about yourself literally is going to attract realities to you if you wake up and you feel like you're nothing i promise you nothing's coming 
nothing's coming. But if you wake up, it seems like every when I'm in a good mood, man, and I wake up in the morning, I've had my coffee, and, you know, coffee's, that's in the spirit, it's in there somewhere. Uh, it says, uh, confess that you're righteous in Christ and Folgers in your Got to have both of them. But when I wake up and I'm feeling, I'm connected to who I am in Christ. I could be at the gas station and someone would just turn around and say, man, what do you do? And I said, man, I'm a pastor. I, I knew something was different about you. Because you, you put off the energy that you entertain. You put off the energy. You reflect the energy that you entertain. When you are in tune with what the Spirit says about you, people recognize it. They sense it. Oftentimes, the favor you're looking for is not coming because favor starts with a thought, mm. not a resource. Mm. Man, I'm teaching good tonight. Favor always starts as a thought, not a resource. You allow the right thoughts in your head. I promise you, everything else is going to align up. Because God never releases a thing into your life as a blessing until he can trust the thought process to steward it. Say it again. The Father never releases a thing into your life. And this has been, you want to know my wrestling match with God as of late. Um, <laughs> it's been a doozy too. And he's been winning. I've had to come to, I, I told uh, Pastor Ken the other day, we meet about three times a week. And we had a, probably the most intuitive meeting that I've ever had. The guy is full of wisdom. Like, I know people who can preach better. I don't know too many people who can love better. I'll take that. And um, we were sitting there. We was at first watch. Somebody say amen for that if you ever had first watch. And uh, I was about tore up, man. <laughs> I was like, man, you ain't going to break me down in front of all these people. And one of the things that he was telling me is he was talking about how certain things manifest in your 40s differently than they do in your 30s. And he says it's like they come to full fruition, and it's harder to hide them. <laughs> and he said it's the pressure, and he goes on about a bunch of stuff. Here's a guy that's 70 that's given me the wisdom of 70 years. And the beautiful thing about somebody like, I call, you know, we can call him Papa Ken, is that he has the ability to have retained every experience. This is the problem with pain. A lot of times we don't retain the experience. Therefore, we don't keep the lessons in our mind. Because what pain does is it goes through something and it doesn't want to feel it, so it throws it away or pushes yeah. it into a different place, yeah. into your subconscious. It's something when you go through something, God's will is that we go through it but retain the lessons that he taught us in it. Yeah. What you do not remember, you'll never be able to avoid in the future. Come on now, because you're walking blind. 
You're meant to retain the experience. Once you experience something, you get to own that. You have permission to own it. It's yours now. You've learned it. You've went through it. You've seen it. You've, you've digested it. It's yours. God gives you that truth. Retain it. Remember it. It's going to save you from future heartache. We uh, talked and he was talking about 40s, man. There's, so this is my battle. Is I've, I've been to this place where it sounds simple to you. It may, this may not do nothing for you, but this is, every, this is, my, this is my match. You know, nobody else can fight your match. And um, I've had to learn at this stage that favor does not come from the north or the south. It comes from God. And I have been trying everything I can in my life to produce a certain outcome by putting pressure on relationships to open doors. And we do it unknowingly. We do it without even knowing that we're doing it because you're... you're it's, you can get anxious about something, and in your anxiousness to, to produce a result, um, you, you do it without really analyzing what's happening in your heart at that moment. And I've had to come to, the, to this understanding in a wrestling match that because of certain doors not opening, because one of the worst ingredients that you can have in your life is talent without opportunity. Gift without opportunity will end up becoming torture. If the gift is not surrendered to the process of God, it starts to feel like torture rather than gifting. And the older you get, the worse it gets. Because then you start allowing regret to set in. And once regret and disappointment set in, then you start entertaining things you're not supposed to entertain. Man, this is some deep stuff tonight. And so my wrestling match has been, wait a minute, man, just surrender to the process. God has been trying to get me to this place to where I realize you're not my resource. You're my assignment. You're not my resource. My resource is going to be the byproduct of my dying. God got somebody out there waiting to bless you, but it's on the other side of your match with him. It's on the other side of Jacob dying and Israel coming to life. It's the new name, the new nature that God is wanting to emerge. Quit giving excuses to these mindsets that are keeping you bound. They're keeping you in the same place. You're frustrated. Listen, it don't matter. And I've, I've, I've been pastor for years. I know this in uh you know, this is something you need to know. And I, so many people do this. They think moving fixes what's going on on the inside of them. It doesn't. You just take it wherever you go. And eventually that new place becomes old as well. Why? Because you're taking this, this mindset with you. Peace and joy is available always right now. It's always connected to the surrender that we have. And so whatever wrestling match you're in tonight. I want you to be aware that it's divine. God's not trying to hurt you. He's trying to bless you. The reason he's wrestling you is because he's trying to exhaust you out of your own strength. He's trying to get you weak because it's only in your weakness his strength is made perfect. You will never tap into his strength as long as you're still strong. You're using your strength for all the wrong things. 
So God has to wrestle you. He has to hold you down. He has to do what he's got to do. He's got you pinned right now. And you feel like you can't move. And uh, It's God holding you down. He's trying to exhaust you. Some truth can only come to you in your weakness. Wow. It can only come to you in your weakness. You're bragging about your strength. You're not that strong. My God, your vision is always going to be heavier than your ability to carry it. Pastor Gail. Trying. That's how you know it's a God vision, because it's bigger than your resources. Jeez. If what you think you're trying to accomplish, you got all the plans to do and it's working out just, that may not be God, that may be you. If you don't have to depend on some type of favor coming from out of nowhere... It might not be God. My Lord. God loves to give us bigger vision. Yeah. You know why? Because he loves to connect us to people we had never would have met. Yeah. That's good. Had vision not connected us and made us need each other. God's always, his always final purpose is unity. Yeah. <laughs> Just look at someone and say, I need you. I look at some look the other direction. Come on, so I need you. Yeah. We do. We need you. And so I promise you tonight. I promise you tonight. Listen, you can stand with me. It's time to let Jacob die. It's time to let Jacob die. You hear me? It's time to let him die. It's time to let that deceiver die. If you're in a place right now to where you feel exhausted, you're in a place to where you feel as if you just have no strength left, y'all, I'm telling you, it's a divine match. It's a divine match. You know you're getting close to the end of a thing. You know you're approaching the new identity when the thing you're wrestling starts to expose itself to others it started in the dark but it ends in the day so when you <laughs> I need you to get that listen you can we, we've all been in fights in the dark and and, 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 and and nobody knows about it but there comes a point to where God says no no we're going to fight in public this time I want to really show you sometimes man God will even allow people to see your weaknesses to dry up resources that you think you needed just so he can show you man I'm all you ever needed I'm all you ever needed you don't have to kiss up to nobody you don't have to all you got to do is follow me I'm all that you ever needed and what you have available to you in the moment of surrender is the assignment that God is wanting you to focus on Father I thank you right now For whoever's in here right now, that they are exhausted. That strength has just been zapped. That you literally, they're at a place, Father, to where you have literally just completely exhausted them in this this match, this divine match between us and you. So, Father, I'm asking you right now, Lord, that tonight something that was said, I pray that the Holy Spirit confirms in their spirit tonight the truth about the season that they're in 
this war that they're in is not designed to defeat them. It's designed to rename them. Help us to quit associating with the Jacob and start associating with the Israel. We are now the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Help us to put away thoughts, thinking that is not thinking that comes from you. Help us to put away thoughts that are rooted in condemnation. Help us to think on the things of the kingdom, the things that Jesus has spoken over our lives. Father, right now, renew our minds. Can we just lift your hands and say, right now, Father, come on, renew my mind. Come on, give me the spirit of Christ in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, right now. I thank you, Father, right now for the grace that is released over our life for this moment of transformation. We give you all the praise. Can you say amen tonight? You receive that.